Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Can you see Manya's campfire? Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> I, I think people from outer space, I think that the International Space Station right? can see Manya's campfire. Hey, I'm Peggy. Oh, and I'm Tony. We're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Indeed. Well, we are camping with our friends Manya and Linda. Absolutely. It's Christmas. It is as we record this. That's right. I think this is our last podcast of 2023. I believe so, yes. Let me look at the old calendarunio. It is. Next year, it will be next year. Next next week will be next year. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, we are at Albion. We, we do have full hookups this week, but in a few days we'll be camping with the travel trailer guy, Michael Bracewell, where we will have no hookups. Right. So we're going from full to empty, as it were. On the hookup side. On the hookups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll leave here empty, of course, with nothing in our gray and black tanks but we're going to use our wolverine bags that we have mentioned before yeah so we don't have to carry water in our fresh tank and then when we get there that thing just worked so well with the electric drill pump putting water in when was that like last that was week at whatever Manya's it was house. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah we camped at Manya's workshop we just used the electric drill pump and put water in our fresh water tank and then we we're good for a couple days and then we came here and now we're all hooked up. Right, so we can fill our Wolverine bags before we leave here. Yep. And then we'll have plenty of water. There's also water at Doran, but it's not at the campsite. Right. So we'll yes. have to carry it in bags back to camp if yeah. we end up needing to fill more. So next week, uh, well actually not next week, in a few days we'll be camping at Doran State Park. Regional State Park. B Regional mm -hmm. Park, which is a no hookups, but it's also right on the beach, which is where we are right now. And of course, we'll be using our Mastervolt energy system with our solar panels and our Mastervolt battery and inverter and all of that as of we camp on the beach. Looking forward to that and showing it off to Michael Bracewell. So this week's topic is all about kind of some of the trends and technology that I've seen writing RV reviews for the past year and a lot of the gadgets would really do well with solar and lithium and while some RV companies are including more solar and lithium some are including less and so that enables you to have your own system designed based on your needs and hmm. if you are looking for a better solar and lithium experience. Our friends at ABC Upfitters are the people to see. They're happy to custom design a system for you that works the way you want it to. There's a link on our show notes at stressescamping.com and you can see a video about them or you can just give them a call at 574-333-3225. Again, link on the show notes or 574-333-3225. Hey, it's not too late to give yourself a holiday gift. That's right. We thought this week we would look back at a year of RV gadgets and reviews 
for the better or worse, actually for better, because <laughs> right now I'm not feeling that well, and this is really Tony's episode. <laughs> so he'll he'll give us the highlights, the lowlights, and there is a two-part story at RV Travel with all of this spelled out along with photos and everything, but I'm just going to take a little nap here while Tony talks you through. Ah the highlights and lowlights of 2023. Yeah, Peggy's a little bit under the weather, which is a bummer, but it is what it is. Yep. Maybe a little too much fondue, who knows. But anyway, as you may or may not know, you know, during the COVID years, the RV industry experienced a gigantic boom in sales. And so many new people were stepping in to buy RVs or people were upgrading or whatever it was, they were buying them left and right as fast as the RV industry can make them. And that has slowed down dramatically with RV companies kind of getting a little bit closer to normal, but also it has slowed down in the RV industry. The way I've seen the RV industry attack this slowdown is by going back to building floor plans that had been dropped because you know if you're going to build everything you can you're going to build the most popular and now they're starting to come back with less popular floor plans you know more niche but also they're decontenting which means taking out stuff and also innovating there's some floor plans and rvs that i've seen that are pretty neat and so hopefully if you're shopping for an rv really now's a great time to do it but there are a few technologies that I've seen, and some of them are awesome. Some of them, I'm not so sure. So let's start <laughs> with probably the most awesome, and that's anti-lock brakes in trailers. Now, whatever you're towing with, unless it's an old, old vehicle, already has anti-lock brakes. And what anti-lock brakes do is it essentially helps you maintain control under braking in more circumstances. So if it's slippery or you just put your foot to the floor on the pedal to stop as quickly as possible, whatever it is, anti-lock brakes are truly a life-saving feature that also is just, I mean, I can't imagine a vehicle without it anymore. But travel trailers and fifth wheels essentially never had it. And both Lipper and RV frame maker BAL who partnered with Bosch now offer these anti-lock braking systems in some trailers and some manufacturers are including them, Grand Design being one, Alliance RV being one, Jayco and some of their higher end vehicles. So they are actually becoming standard, which I think is a great safety feature. And you can also have them put into a trailer if you want. And it's not gonna be cheap, but Boy, it sure improves braking performance and trailer control. And on our show notes, I'll include Lippert's video demonstrating how effective these technologies are. But I think it's a really big improvement. Excellent. Yeah, it's an important thing. Last week, we had several plumbing issues that hey. were probably due to the roads that we all go on. And just so happened I was writing an, a review of an Alliance RV toy hauler. And what it has is a manifold system where you can open the cabinet and it allows you to disable any plumbing fixture in the RV with just controlling a knob. 
And rather than shutting off the whole plumbing because your water heater leaks or shutting everything off because the sink leaks, you could just shut off one fixture at a time and just keep camping. Yeah. And that's really a good way of doing it. And Alliance has been doing some pretty impressive stuff with their features and build quality and this is just part of that in fact one of the neat things alliance does is every rv that they ship first they fill all the holding tanks with water and then take it on a specific test drive that they have set up to test make sure everything is the way it's supposed to they take it on the bumpiest roads in town <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's a test track that they have but yeah absolutely and with full tanks so that's they are doing a lot of neat things and i like that manifold system they also have a recessed shower pan in some of their rigs which is neat because it just gives you more headroom in the shower oh. so rather than it being raised it's lowered and nice. i'm all for that i was noticing this morning i know josh always talks about how he can take a shower with the sunroof because he's so tall. And I was thinking this morning, I almost can't even reach the sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the skylight? The well, skylight, yeah. That is well, not really a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also seems to be in the showers with his shoes on, which is... Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you wear like high heels or whatever. Well, right. When I wear my high heels, I will need the sunroof. <laughs> but <laughs> the I'm noticing also some RV companies are eliminating the skylights in showers altogether. And I'm all for that because that is probably the first place RVs tend to leak. Because yeah. it's a different material than the roof. It expands and contracts differently and stretches and tests all that ceiling there. Yeah. And... I like seeing these kinds of things. And what the ones that I've seen have done is instead of having the skylight, they just have taller showers or recessed shower floors. Then they put a light in there. Oh, so you have light when you need it. But then one of the things about having that skylight always is if you're in a campground with a lot of light, that light comes in and keeps the whole camper lit yeah. up even at night so yeah we've been to some campgrounds that have those awful sodium lights yeah and yeah that's on all night and it's like yeah no, that just i don't like that well if you haven't noticed you almost no longer ever see the good old propane electric fridge anymore yeah it is kind of going away very quickly and something somebody said is well that's because rv companies are cheap but that's not really I the case. I don't know about that. Yeah, the 12 volt fridges that are designed for RVs are actually designed for the bumps and jolts that they get going down the road. So they're actually hardened for that type of environment and they are actually pretty expensive. I think the selling price on like our fridge was $1,800 or mm. so our Dometic fridge that we put in here. Mm -hmm. They are designed for this environment and they do have some advantages, including they don't really care that much about level. You can use them as you're driving down the road. And I know some of you use your propane electric <laughs> fridge as you're driving down the road, but you're not really supposed to. And these 12 volt fridges are specifically designed for that. Right. They cool quicker they require less maintenance you know if you have a propane electric fridge you have to open the 
compartments behind it periodically and just make sure that it's clean and running properly. Whereas 12 volt fridge just, it just works. So and it doesn't have any venting, right? So that is less holes on the outside of the camper to correct. have Yeah, there are fewer and... opportunities for leaks. It vents to the inside of the camper though, because that's just the way it is. So it may heat up the inside of the camper just a wee bit, but eh, not any big deal. But today that'd be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little bit cold and damp here at the beach today. So, but there are worse problems to have. Yep. Now, one of the things that people have said is, well, I need a larger fridge. Well, I'm seeing companies coming online with like these fancy two-door fridges that are 12 volt and even three-door fridges that are 12 volt. The 12 volt fridges are really coming up. And honestly, in a new RV, you're not likely to find a propane electric, what they call gas absorption fridge anymore. And I'm glad for it. I, yeah, they, I mean, they had some advantages for boondocking. Sure. I think it's going to be a little bit harder now when people say residential fridge because some of the 12 volts seem so much like a residential fridge, but the whole residential fridge thing is a whole other topic. Oh but my gosh, the, yeah. The actual, like, something that belongs in a house does not belong in an RV. Yeah. Well, let's not get there. Yeah, but, they're often not built for this, and it's its whole... But the 12 volt, in thing. terms of, like, having more space, is more like a residential fridge. Because yeah. Because you don't have... Yeah, you don't have all that gas absorption stuff in the back. Yeah. Taking up space, so you get more cooling space for a given cabinet size. So kind of a cool deal. And so, yeah, even premium fifth wheels and such, I'm seeing those 12 volt fridges in them and that's a good thing. But again, you're gonna need, if you do wanna camp off the grid, those 12 volt fridges like power. They sure do. And so there, you figure if you have, you know, a typical lithium battery, like a 100 amp hour battery, a 12 volt fridge will consume one of those batteries in a 24-hour period typically hmm. so you need to have more solar and lithium or go to a park where there is power whatever well, yeah. your preference is another thing i'm seeing is convection microwaves and convection air fryer microwaves in fact when ember first came out a couple of years ago they planned their kitchen around these convection microwaves and then they, couldn't they get didn't any. have any <laughs> they i don't know what the delay was but they weren't delivering them. So now they are. And so you get an Ember RV, you get a convection air fryer microwave and a two burner stove, typically not all of them. That's the Overland series, but more and more I'm seeing convection and convection air fryer microwaves in RVs. And now I'm also seeing some RVs no longer having any other oven. That's kind of interesting. In fact, I'm gonna make a prediction. I think the propane oven is also not going to be as common as it has been. It will still be around, but not as much as it has been thus far. I think, you know, in a premium rig where they have a nice oven, you'll still see them. But in some of the more budget-minded RVs or smaller ones where space is really at a premium, the propane oven may be going away. And if it's the 17-inch oven, good riddance. However, <laughs> I did just see a new 17-inch oven from Suburban, and it's an all-electric oven. And I'm not really sure how I feel about this yet, because you have to have a pretty significant amount of battery if you're off the grid, but chances are you're gonna be using this more when you're on shore power. 
It's a convection electric oven with a propane three burner cooktop. This one was a 17 inch oven. And usually I'm like, to those. <laughs> but in this case, no, because you get to use the entire space. There's no burners inside. There's no metal plate to kind of even out the heat. Mm. It's just the whole space is usable and right. it's a convection oven. In terms of functionality, it's cool as long as you have plenty of power. Right. We did use our microwave, which our microwave is just a microwave because we have a proper oven. <laughs> but we used our microwave on battery power the other day to defrost something. But what is that, like 10 minutes? And it was fine. Yeah. However, speaking of ovens, we did also cook a prime rib in oh, our propane oven man, the other day. Oh, man, that was so good. Yeah, it really, boy, you know, if you say you can't, cook things in the RV oven. Either you have a 17-inch oven, which, yeah, you're right, you probably can't. <laughs> or you just haven't tried because, well, get a thermometer, but it came out perfectly. There was no issue. I've never even tried a prime rib at home in, in a home oven. So this was my oh. first prime rib ever, and it was perfection. Yeah, it was fantastic. Another thing I'm seeing more and more are tankless water heaters. And they're not hot water heaters because if you had hot water, you wouldn't need <laughs> you a wouldn't heater. You wouldn't need to heat it. I don't know why that expression drives me nuts, hot water heater, but it does. <laughs> anyway, well, what you get, of course, is technically unlimited supply of hot water, right? I mean, as long as you have propane and water, it can be hot. Some of them seem to be fiddly and troublesome to some users. The good thing is many of these are really easy to winterize more so than regular water heaters but the downside to me is that they have to be powered by propane so like right now we have our six gallon water heater and we're running it off electric because we have park power and that's how it works but the tankless water heaters have to run on propane because it provides a lot of energy and what did Mike Sokol say? That a single tank, a 20-pound tank of propane is like 100 lithium batteries or something like that in terms of stored energy. Anyway, you have to use your propane, but you get unlimited hot water. So anyway, what's your take on this? Is the juice worth the squeeze on these newer tankless units? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure yet. I see both sides. One of the questions I hear a lot when, you know, we... We are advocates of solar and lithium systems, as you hear every week in our ad from ABC Upfitters, whose system we have. And of course, the big question, how long can you run your RV's air conditioner? And I've right. said it before, problem isn't necessarily the battery reserves, it's how horribly inefficient RV air conditioners are. And they, they have been able to be, because if you have an RV with an air conditioner, you're running it on shore power, most likely. Yeah. And so, you know, in that sense, from the RV industry's perspective, who cares how inefficient they are? But that's changing. Trends are showing more and more people, you know, campgrounds tend to be full. And it's like, well, then I have to camp off the grid. Well, a few companies are starting to step up on much more efficient and much better RV air conditioning. The first of these was Truma with their Aventa unit, which is very efficient, has a neat remote. It can be programmed with different functions. I really, I really like this unit and I have since it came out and I've been doing my best to get my hands on one, but I haven't yet. 
not to be outdone, Furion has a new <laughs> unit, which we gave an award to, Best New Boondocking Gadget, and it's called the Furion Chill Cube. Yeah. We have an article about this at StresslessCamping.com, which we'll link to in the show notes. But this Furion Chill Cube puts out 18,000 BTU of cooling performance, which is more than most RV air conditioners. The larger ones traditionally have been 15,000. 15, yeah. Of course, then there's the 13.5s and the 11.5s. But this is 18,000. It has a remote that can work to sense temperature. And so if you take the remote in the bedroom, that's where the Furion Chill Cube will base its cooling on. Or if you have it in the bathroom, same thing. You know, it just basically follows the remote and it's remarkably efficient also. So it's a big step forward in air conditioner. But I first learned about it when I was in a Keystone Outback prototype at Open House. And I'm talking to the rep and I'm like, is the air conditioner on? Yeah. It was so quiet. It was remarkably quiet. So That would be nice. Yeah. So we don't have to sit in the sweltering heat while we're recording in oh. the summertime. Yeah, you could easily record <laughs> in here and it's just the sound of air moving, just like Nice. Yeah. And then the last air conditioner technology I saw was Truma, again, announced a thing called the Sapphire Air Conditioner, or it's S-A-P-H-I-R. There's no E. Sapphire. Maybe it's Sapphire. <laughs> and it's not a roof-mounted air, but rather intended to mount inside the RV like under a bunk or under a dining table or something like that, oh. which will help with aerodynamics and packaging. Well, it will be a challenge because now you have to figure out where to put Find it. Find a place for it. But, yeah. I mean, I'm all for that without the stupid big tumor on the roof of an RV, which we've come to expect. Mm-hmm. Something else I'm seeing is ladders going away, and I think some of that is the bad behavior of people hanging stuff on their ladder, yeah. and then the ladder breaking off, and then other people suing the RV industry. Something that I first saw on Embers, you notice a lot of these innovations are from the small independent companies? Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's just like a plastic mount on the RV that the RV industry puts there, and then it's a telescoping ladder that kind of hooks to it. It's a nifty thing. And Ember was smart enough to put more than one of these mounts on the outside of their RV. So you could get up on the side, you could get up on the rear. I'm seeing that more and more. And it, I think it's cheaper. Like if you're a, a better RV company, you're also going to include the ladder. If you're trying to save a couple bucks, you don't include the ladder and just put that plastic mount. But right. it solves a few problems, including how to get people to stop hanging stuff on the ladder, but <laughs> also makes it easier to get up on the roof, so. You don't think people are gonna hang their ladder on their hooks and then just use it anyway? I don't think you can, because I think it has to be mounted on the ground too. Ah. And it's one of those telescoping ladders like we have, so. Okay. Another thing, if you're nerdy like we are, you know, we <laughs> have the thing in the house where we call the little devil that lives in the device, hey Shlomo, turn on the lights or, hey, Shlomo, you know, turn up the heat or whatever. Well, there's a couple of RV companies now that are offering this technology, but I'm Ooh. not convinced. Well, I don't know, because like in our house, it's all add-on, right? So when Shlomo gets an upgrade, we get an upgrade. Well, yeah. Whereas this is built in and mm. this kind of technology, A, it wasn't as good as, as our home technology to me. I, I don't know. I'm not convinced, but 
the, I saw it in the Jayco Pinnacle 35 fifth wheel and in the Ibex RV suite. It's interesting, you know, it's voice activated. We'll see if it's as picky and temperamental as the one that lives at our house. In the house, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the one at our house has a bad attitude. And I she would does. suspect yeah. that so do these. I don't know. I would like to see add-ons of this technology available as like a standard, but I doubt that I'll ever see that. Hmm. Lastly, something that has been bugging the daylights out of me. So as we test gadgets, like we have new backup cameras we're testing and we have a tire pressure monitor and we have propane monitors and refrigerator monitors and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and honestly, like how many stupid little screens can we put in one truck? Oh gosh, yeah. So I would like to see the RV industry and the auto industry somehow get together and make it so you can have all this stuff in some standard. So that screen that more and more modern cars have can also show your tire pressure and your backup cameras and your turn signal cameras and blah, blah, yeah. blah. They already do in the car, it's in the truck itself, right? Like if you have one of those backup cams or turn signal cams or any of that stuff, it's all integrated into your truck. I'd love to have that also be able to be integrated from the trailer. And I know GM has made some steps towards this, but I'd just like to see it as an industry standard. All these little screens annoy the daylights out of me. <laughs> and at some point you don't have any more power ports or any place to put the stinking thing. Right. That's my wish. Again. Well, last but not least, we've talked about this before. I think the best new RV I saw in 2024, or for 2024, because it's still forthcoming, was the Ember RV 240 TKR toy hauler. And I like this because it was so flexible and reconfigurable. I mean, you need a bunkhouse with large adult-sized bunks, no problem. Need an RV with an office, no problem. Need prep space for some elaborate meal, no problem. Want to go camping with your buddy and sleep in separate beds this weekend, but snuggle with your smoochie <laughs> the next? No problem. This was a promise model that I saw at open house that had all of those features and more, and it was just so very, very different from any RV I have ever seen. I felt compelled to bestow it an award for best of show at open house. So there you go. Those are some of the trends and texts that I have seen in reviewing and such. Anything that floats your boat or drives your camper, <laughs> let us know. You know, we always appreciate your feedback. So as we mentioned earlier, we are at the Albion River Campground in Albion, California, which is on the Mendocino Coast. It's pretty here. It is pretty here. This is our third Christmas here. We spent a few Christmases at Doran Regional Park, which we're going to next. But it's harder to get in for Christmas, and we didn't really plan ahead that well. What, us not plan ahead? <laughs> well, but this is good because it's full hookups, too. Yeah, this is good. I think the first year that we came here, we had, like, 10 rigs or something. <laughs> yeah, we, had we inundated great, this place. We had a great yeah, time. It's not that popular this time of year because this is a campground that appeals, I think, to fishermen. The, like, more professional or commercial crabbers crabbers <laughs> and it's not quite commercial crab season yet so Linda and Manya are out there catching all sorts of crabs today which yeah. is like gonna be a great dinner for us tonight yeah literally as we're recording this 
Manya's showing pictures of the crowd yes. she's catching. <laughs> but it's not really commercial season yet. So I think when the commercial season opens, this place, you probably can't get a space at all unless you're a commercial fisherman. Yeah. Which is fine. So Christmas is great for us to be here. It's very quiet here. There's a couple other groups here. But it's nice and quiet, and we've got the hookups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did write a geology and biology of the Mendocino Coast, so we'll put a link to that article that I wrote. You know, something that impressed me about this, yesterday I was walking around, and everywhere I turned was an absolute postcard-worthy picture. Yeah. Was, it's such... A beautiful setting. I mean, you're right on the beach. There's the Albion River Bridge, which is a wooden bridge that's pretty darn tall. It's part of the highway. Yeah, yes. it's part of 101. There are these neat houses nestled in the... It's just... It's quite pretty here. Yeah. And so there was not one place I turned that was anything but like a postcard-worthy picture. Yeah, it's actually Highway 1. Is it Highway 1? Yeah. Well, what do you know? I'm, I'm 100 <laughs> off. You're 100 off. But it is really nice here, and we do love, We it's been two years, because, you know, we, we didn't get to go camping for Christmas last year. We were in New Mexico getting ready. Right, yeah, and we had just hauled our trailer from Indiana, and it was still winterized. Right. I know that there's a little tiny town nearby, but we kind of tend to get here and never leave. Yeah, so we just kind of park. We don't know if we're going to go into town or not. <laughs> I suspect we might, we because might. we are out of eggs. That's true. But yeah, we'll have a link to a story about the Albion River campground with some pictures. Come join us. Yeah. Maybe we'll be here next year. Oh, no, we're not. not we already have year. plans we for next Christmas. We already have plans Christmas. for next year. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Earlier this week, Chuck wrote a great tip for us, and I don't remember which group it was in, but either in the Mini Light group or the Stressless Campers group, to vacuum the intake for your furnace and... Maybe that's part of why I'm so sniffly and sneezy. <laughs> yeah, we've been intending to do it, but sitting on our butts. Yeah, so that was a great tip, Chuck. Thank you so much for the reminder. And, you know, usually your furnace, your intake is going to be behind. Well, for ours, it's wood that looks like the cabinet, but very vented. And so it's pretty easy to find. And we just have to take that piece of wood off. And the vent, I assume, will be right behind it. And we can vacuum it out. And yeah see if the air clears up a little bit for us perhaps it will yeah less dust bunny <laughs> <laughs> well as always we ask a question of the week on our fun and friendly stressless campers facebook group and last week we asked hey what are you asking santa to bring you i hope that you all got the things that you want i don't know if scott got what he wanted he, <laughs> well he wanted a power package from abc that ought to be easy for him yeah he works there he wanted a pound of green chili bacon and a six-pack of peanut butter stout, and those are from New Mexico and California, so I don't know if he got them or not, but I did remind him that he should refer to the question from the week before, have you been naughty or nice, Yeah. to see if he was going to get anything from Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last time we went to get green chili bacon, there was one pound, and that yeah. was it. I cleaned out the butcher. We did. Which is a bummer. Travis wants the Lippert Step Stabilizer. Oh, those which are. I wonder if he love. got. Yeah. I hope he got. I hope you all got the things that you asked Santa for. Pamela wanted water shoes. Connie wanted a new tow bar and braking system for flat towing. Whew, that's a big ask, but maybe she's been super nice. Maybe. My sister Kathy wanted her stocking filled with something other than coal. <laughs> 
because they got rid of their coal burning stove, so coal oh. doesn't help anymore. We saw them selling. Oh, I think I talked about this. We saw them selling yes. bags of coal as we were leaving New Mexico. No, I think going into Arizona, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I was just tripped out by that. I'm like, oh, bag of coal, 10 bucks. Yeah. That's where Santa gets it. Laurel asked for peace. Pat asked for good health for everyone. Jean, we already know that Santa came early and brought him his grand design. So he got his wish. Tony asked for Grace's orange scones and a hot cup of her awesome Scottish tea. Right now, I could go for an orange scone and a hot cup of <laughs> Scottish tea. Jerry asked if Tony and Peggy could come visit. And boy, Jerry, I sure wish we were there. I really do. I'm sorry that we didn't make it up there this year. We will definitely try harder next year. Well, I think we are planning to come up maybe in February of next next February year. February or March, yeah. Chuck asked for less stress and more camping. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. Deborah wants an elf to finish putting the skins back on her 65 aristocrat. <laughs> I hope that that elf showed up. Janet wanted nice new towels for her camper and new duck shoes for the dewy early morning dog walks. Brian asked for credit for time served, but Tony pointed out that that should be only offered for good behavior. And yeah, I know, Brian, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Davey. Marilyn wanted a small tabletop ironing board, and Bill, I didn't know this, Bill, he needs a keyless lock from RV Lock because he needs to replace the door lock that broke and almost locked him out of the camper. Oh, boy. <laughs> So I hope that you all got the things that you wanted for Christmas this year. I hope that Santa was very good to you. Santa brought Tony a beard brush. Yeah. <laughs> this week we're asking, what is your best camping memory from 2023? What sticks out in your mind? And this would be a hard one. I'm going to have to really give this some thought. We had some really, really fantastic memories and situations and camping trips and friends and all kinds of things in 2023 so we hope that you did as well and we would love to read your most bestest one and you can answer those at our fun and friendly stressless campers facebook group again if you have questions or you have thoughts or whatever that's the place to turn to it's fun it's friendly we keep it polite no one's gonna make snarky rude comments back to you <laughs> hopefully we'll find you over there you know of course that we have a once a week newsletter that's absolutely free we use it to send you an email every week and send you links to stories and videos and podcasts that we think will help you get the most out of your RV experience. All you have to do to get it is visit stresslesscamping.com and you can sign up there under the hamburger menu, which is those three little lines. And know that we only send one email per week and never share your information because we respect your... Not even with Santa. Yeah, not even with Santa. <laughs> you will find the show notes for the episode, episode number two. 35 on the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com which is also where you'll find our discounts and deals for the best deals on the things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure and hey if you know of a great deal that isn't on our website please let us know and we will work to get that on our website for everyone to enjoy and then when you're done reading the episode notes and checking out the deals and discounts and signing up for the newsletter and all those other things on stresslesscamping.com you can use those little links in the top right and go to all the social places and read even more 
Wow, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. If you do not want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free to subscribe on any podcast app because we will save you a seat around our virtual campfire. We always ask for reviews, and we want to thank three people this week yeah. for sending us reviews. Yeah, it's so grateful for these. One Bug 512 said, Great podcast on RV travel. So many podcasts are for full time or weekend travel. This podcast is excellent for someone beginning to travel in an RV or for the more experienced RV traveler. Great topics with industry experts on slide out maintenance and fire safety. There is no doubt that Peggy and, uh oh, that's. It ended there. Okay. Oh. So, and also Colton21. Yeah, yeah, just Peggy. I, I would suspect it's longer, but it got cut off here. Interesting and enjoyable topics. Hosts are a pleasure to listen to. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Both are upbeat without being cloying. No issues with audio either, which unfortunately isn't always the case with podcasts. Ooh, Ooh. recommended. Ouch. But yeah, thank you, thank you. Boy, we spend a lot of time really working on the audio and making sure yeah, we appreciate it's as that. high a quality as possible. We appreciate that you recognize yeah. that. And then RVing Ed said, I enjoyed your Christmas stories from the past. I look forward every week to your podcast. Thanks for doing this. Merry Christmas and safe travels. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, RVing Ed, and, and to all and of you. To and to everyone. Gosh, thank you so much. The reviews do actually help Apple know that, or whoever, but Apple in particular know, you know, the people are listening and appreciate what we do. And, and that means the world to us. So thank you so much. You know, another way that you can really help us out is to share what you see on our website or on our social posts. I want to shout out to my cousin John and my aunt Kathy. They share just yeah. about everything, which is so cool of them. And if you see anything that you like or that you think other people that you know might like, Go ahead and share those posts and get more eyeballs on our posts. That would yeah, be great. We appreciate it. So, well, with all that said, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. And most of all, stressless, stressless camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! <laughs>